Good morning, everyone. Well, today's reading is Philippians 1, chapter 12, chapter 12, sorry, first verse is 12 to 26. So you've, and Chris has told you, it's on 1178 in the church Bibles. The headings, Paul's chains advance the gospel. Now, I want you to know, brother and sisters, that what has happened to me has actually served to advance the gospel. As a result, it has become clear throughout the whole palace guard and to everyone else that I am in chains for Christ. And because of my chains, most of the brothers and sisters have become confident in the Lord and dare all the more to proclaim the gospel without fear. It is true that some preach Christ out of envy and rivalry, but others out of goodwill. The latter do so out of love, knowing that I am put here for the defence of the gospel. The former preach Christ out of selfish ambition, not sincerely, supposing that they can stir up trouble for me while I am in chains. But what does it matter? The important thing is that in every way, whether from false motives or true, Christ is preached. And because of this, I rejoice. Yes, and I will continue to rejoice. For I know that through your prayers and God's provision of the Spirit of Jesus Christ, what has happened to me will turn out for my deliverance. I eagerly expect and hope that I will in no way be ashamed, but will have sufficient courage so that now, as always, Christ will be exalted in my body, whether by life or by death. For to me to live is Christ, and to die is gain. If I am to go on living in the body, this will mean fruitful labour for me. Yet what shall I choose? I do not know. I am torn between the two. I desire to depart and be with Christ, which is better by far. But it is more necessary for you that I remain in the body. Convinced of this, I know that I will remain, and I will continue with all of you for your progress and joy in the faith, so that through my being with you again, your boasting in Christ Jesus will abound on account of me. Thank you, Heather. Okay. Because I was only preparing it for the 8am, up until yesterday, I didn't have any overhead slides at all. Um, or, you know, I used to call them overhead slides, you know, projected ones. But I should have prepared some, and if this works... Oh, look at that. I thought I'd give you a picture of my sock. Um, <laughs> I will come back to that later. It is actually relevant. You will see it later. Um, Let's just have a a word of prayer as we uh, um, look at this passage. Lord Jesus, we thank you for the confidence which the Apostle Paul had in the situation that he was in, despite the situation he was in. We do pray that you'll help us to see what it is you're trying to say to us through what he has written. Speak to us through it, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. The title that was uh, given for this this, uh, uh, sermon uh, on the rotor that comes around was The Servant of Christ. You might just about better see it at the bottom there of the screen. And um, 
I've added a bit to it, to the servant of Christ, what to expect. Now, in general, if somebody's put into imprisonment, it's not an indication that things are going very well. But in the passage today, what we find is Paul encouraging us to see beyond the worldly perspective, to see beyond the uh, what we think of as the overriding influences in our lives, the actions of nature around us, the actions of different people around us, to see beyond that and to gain a biblical perspective. <clears throat> Another uh, verse, again, whether you can read it, I'm not sure whether it's clear enough. I'm written underneath the word imprisonment there. Uh, in another part of the Bible, um, uh, Paul, another part of Paul's writings in his, uh, his letter to the Romans, um, he, he gives these words. In all things, God works for good for those who love him and have been called according to his purposes. And what we begin to see, I think, through the passage today is how Paul see this, uh, saw this beginning to, to work out. How can he have this kind of confidence? Where does Paul get it from? I would encourage you, as, the, um, as we think about that, to look back uh, to verse 7 in the passage, a bit, bit, a bit before where we were looking. And it's, um, again, whether you can see it on the screen, I'm not sure. But you can see it in, in, in the Bibles there, if you have them open at page 1178. And uh, what he says, uh, I'll read the whole of the verse. It's right for me to feel this way about you, since I have you in my heart. And whether I'm in chains or defending and confirming the gospel, all of you share in God's grace with me. What was Paul talking about when he said, you share in God's grace with me? I think what he was talking about was his experience, which ties rather well, actually, with what I was being asked about earlier, about how I became a Christian, because I would say to some extent, my experience too, of coming to realize what Christ has done. Paul realized what Christ has done for him. The Philippian Christians realized what Christ had done for them. Um, in other words, what we've done in our lives, the things we've done that have caused a separation between us and God, those things are moved away. They become unimportant when we realize that Christ died for us on the cross and that if we accept him as our savior, these things don't need to pull us down at all. That, I think, is where Paul um, uh, had his, uh, his faith, his confidence rooted. And it's also indicated as well in, a, in the, the, the next verse, along in, or a couple of verses along in verse 11, where he says... Um, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. Speaking of this fruit of righteousness, again, talking about the fact that Jesus' sinlessness, his, his purity, um, that, as it were, becomes ours. As God looks at us when we become Christians, he looks at us through, through Christ's death, through Christ's sinlessness. And that's the root, I think, of, of Paul's confidence. Where did the sock come from? That's, if you look at that sock, you might just be able to work out, I don't know if it's that clear on the screen, if you look right at the top, you might just be able to work out that uh, this My Name Philip is written in mirror writing right at the top. Um, underneath it, there just seem to be rather messes of colour. 
Um, and the fact that the, uh, the word Philip was written in, in, in mirror mighty might give you a clue as to why it looks like that. And if I go to the next slide, uh, sorry if you can't see it that well, but uh, on the, uh, the um, left-hand side, you can see the, the other pair of the sock, and this is the right way round. And on that one, you should be able to see that my name is written five times on that sock. It's, it's one of my, you know, pair of socks I've got. I'm not wearing them at the moment, but, and they have my name on On the other one, the reason it's so unclear on the one that's on the right is that that sock is inside out. When you look at it from the wrong side, it often doesn't seem to make a lot of sense. You may see the odd pattern, you may see the odd thing that is clear, but it's not that clear. When you turn it the right way around, it all becomes clear. Now for us, very often, when we see God's working in our world, it's a bit like seeing it from the wrong side. It all seems to be a bit of a mess. You occasionally see a bit of a pattern, but some things just seem to be a bit crazy. When we get to heaven, we will see it from the other side. Then we will see why things have happened the way they have, and they will all start to make sense. Moving on to um, verse 19 on our passage today. I'll read it from the beginning of the, uh, uh, halfway through verse uh, 18, which is where the paragraph starts in the, uh, in the Bibles we've got here. Yes, I will continue to rejoice, for I know that through your prayers and God's provision of the Spirit of Jesus Christ, what has happened to me will turn out for my deliverance. What we find with Paul is his encouragement doesn't uh, just come uh, from seeing what God is doing. It doesn't just come from um, the um, uh, knowing that Jesus' spirit is working through what's happening. What's also important is the prayers. How can it be that the prayers of believers can have such significance in furthering God's will? Why would he make his will dependent on our prayers? I don't actually think the Bible ever really tells us that. But it's very clear, and it's repeated often in the, in the Bible, that we are to pray and that our prayers do have an impact. What we've seen so far then is we're to have confidence in presenting the gospel message. And we are to be praying. We're to be praying for God's working through our circumstances and those of the believers that we know. We then move on to the next section in it where where Paul starts to talk about in verse 20, I eagerly expect and hope that I will no way be ashamed, but will have sufficient courage so that now as always Christ will be exalted in my body, whether by life or by death. Paul doesn't know what's going to happen in the future, but he is confident that whatever does happen in the future, it will be to God's glory. In fact, when he looks to the future, it might be that he will be released from prison and he will be ministering again. The other equal possibility, possibly higher possibility, is that his imprisonment will end in execution and that he will die. For Paul, though, as he looks at that, he doesn't say it's an option between the good and the bad. He says it's an option between the good and the better. 
He uses those wonderful words that are written down there in verse 21. For me to live is Christ. To die is gain. He goes on to say he's torn between what his desire would be. He says this in verse 23. What should he want? Should he want to live or should he want to die? And he actually says in verse 23, I desire to depart to be with Christ because that is better by far. He then goes on to say, but he thinks probably that won't happen. Probably he will stay and carry on ministering. I think we're not really quite sure what did happen. I mean, because we're not quite sure where Paul wrote this from. He was in prison. Um, if it was in Rome, uh, which is the most likely, then probably it did lead to his execution. But it may have been earlier in his ministry and he may have had um, uh, been, given, um, uh, been given freedom. The question might be for us, that's fine for Paul. Could it really apply to us? To try and bring it in the sense of it can apply to people not just like Paul, I'd like to read from you, uh, read to you from an account um, of From the Hiding Place by Corrie Ten Boom. Some of you may have, may have read it. It's an account um, uh, of the experiences uh, of Corrie and Betty Ten Boom. They were uh, a couple of Dutch ladies during the Second World War. Um, they were in Holland when the, the Nazis were around and um, uh, the, they were aware of the terrible persecution of the Jews at the time and they arranged to build a secret room in their home which is where the book gets its name, The Hiding Place. And uh, they provided refuge for Jews from, from the Germans. Um, the, they were arrested as a result of all of this. And they, uh, they end up in Ravensbrück concentration camp. And I want to read to you a section from, from the book um, which refers to, to this, this part of their experience. In their barracks... They were shown to a series of massive square platforms stacked three levels high and placed so close together that people had to walk single file to pass between them. Rancid straw was scattered over the platforms which served as communal beds for hundreds of women. Corrie and Betsy found they could not sit upright on their own platform without hitting their heads on the deck above them. They lay back, struggling against nausea that swept over them from the reeking straw. Suddenly, Corrie started up, striking a head on the cross slats above. Something had bitten her leg. Fleas, she cried. Betsy, the place is swarming with them. Descending from the platform and edging down a narrow aisle, they made their way to a patch of light. Here, and here's another one, Corrie wailed. Oh, Betsy, how can we live in such a place? Show us. Show us how, Betsy said matter-of-factly. It took Corrie a moment to realize her sister was praying. Corrie, Betsy then exclaimed excitedly, he's given us the answer before we asked, as he always does in the Bible this morning. Where was it? Read that part again. Corrie checked to make sure no guards were nearby, then drew from a pouch a small Bible that she had managed to smuggle into the concentration camp. It was from First Thessalonians, she said, finding the passage in the feeble light. Here it is. Comfort the frightened, help the weak, be patient with everyone, See that none of you repays evil for evil, but always seek to do good to one another and to all. 
Rejoice always, praying constantly, giving thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus. That's it, Betsy interrupted. That's his answer. Give thanks in all circumstances. That's what we can do. We can start right now. We can thank God for every single thing about these barracks. Corrie stared at her incredulously, then looked around at the dark, foul-smelling room. Such as, she inquired, such as being assigned here together. Corrie bit her lip. Oh yes, thank you Lord Jesus that we're together. Such as what you're holding in your hands. Corrie looked down at the Bible. Oh yes, thank you dear Lord that there was no inspection when we entered here. Thank you for all the women here in this room who will meet you through these pages. Yes, agreed Betsy. Thank you for the very crowding here since we're packed so close that many more will hear. She looked at her sister expectantly and prodded. Corrie? All right, thank you for the jam, cram, stuffed, packed, suffocating crowds. Thank you, Betsy continued on serenely, for the fleas and for... That was too much for Corrie. She cut in on her sister. Betsy, there is no way even God can make me grateful for a flea. Give thanks in all circumstances, Betsy corrected. It doesn't say in pleasant circumstances. Fleas are part of this place where God has put us. So they stood between the stacks of bunks and gave thanks for fleas, though on that occasion Corrie thought Betsy was surely wrong. As the weeks passed, Betsy's health weakened to the point that rather than needing to go out on the work duty each day, she was permitted to remain in the barracks and knit socks together with the other seriously ill prisoners. She was a lightning-fast knitter and usually had her daily sock quota completed by noon. As a result, she had hours each day she could spend moving from platform to platform, reading the Bible to fellow prisoners. She was able to do this undetected as the guards never seemed to venture far into the barracks. One evening, when Corrie arrived back at the barracks, Betsy's eyes were twinkling. You look extraordinarily pleased with yourself, Corrie told her. You know, we never understood why we had such freedom in the big room, Betsy said, referring to the part of the barracks where the sleeping platforms were. I found out. This afternoon, there was confusion in my knitting group about sock sizes, so we asked the supervisor to come and settle it. But she wouldn't. She wouldn't step through the door, and neither would the guards. And you know why? Betsy could hardly keep the triumph from her voice as she explained. Because of the fleas! That's what she said. That place is crawling with fleas. challenge for us, I think, today is to think... How can these things be applied for us? How can we get that perspective? That perspective that is seeing things from God's point of view. That perspective which, where we can even thank for God in all circumstances. The Apostle Paul would encourage us to have confidence in presenting the gospel message. Yes, we have a challenge to do. We need to do something about uh, presenting the gospel message whenever we can. But we need to be praying too. We need to be praying a lot. For some reason... God has made prayer an essential part of what we do. And finally, we are to trust him for the future.